Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. This week, Brendan Johnson alongside Ryan Pay. I think Aaron Johnson is off somewhere. He, he, He went on maybe a bender after the way Stanley Johnson just played in Toronto the other night versus Kawhi Leonard defensively. So we'll get into that. Uh, kind of an interesting week for Pistons basketball. They go 2-1 and one in their last three games. They've won three out of four. They've went from the best team in the NBA to a stretch of the worst team in the NBA to now they've won three out of four, Ryan. And we've seen the good. We've seen the bad. We've seen the beautiful in Toronto. We've really gotten a nice little look. And interesting time to be a Pistons fan right now. We've said it before, and now we'll say it again. These ups and downs of the season, every team has them, but the, the no one, no one has the ups and downs like the Pistons have them. The last ten years have been nothing but these crazy ups and downs, looking good, looking bad, looking okay, stretching out okay, and then looking good, and then looking really bad. That's just where we are. That's just kind of what this team is, and that's what we've been seeing. Toronto was beautiful. They looked terrible to start the game. They revved it up for the last quarter and a half. Atlanta, Atlanta, they came in, did what they needed to do. What we talked about, they needed to hammer them. They did. Charlotte was a disaster, which we kind of thought could happen, and it did. It's just kind of what this team is right now. Yeah. You know, it would be really great, though, if Aaron was here to talk about this. It really would. A little DNPCD, obviously, of course. That's fine. Always resting. Yeah, he's just got to keep him informed. You know, we, we get to that first part of the season. The Pistons have now played 13 games. We said to you last time on the pod, hopefully we're talking to you about a Pistons team that is above 500 when we return. And indeed, we are. We are above 500. Seven and six. And that's a step in the right direction, no doubt about it. But yeah, Aaron decided that um, this week he needed uh, to take some personal time and you know, that's okay. Let him do his thing. You would think after such an emotional win like Toronto, especially how emotional he was after the Toronto mm-hmm. game, you think he'd want to come on and do some talking and talk to the Pistons nation and talk to his fan base and let him know what his thoughts are. Because I don't know how many people had the privilege of seeing the video of Aaron after the Reggie Bullock basket against Toronto, but he was juiced. Yes, he was. And I- you would think he would want to bring that juice – to the pod. That's some exclusive content. So he's already labeled that that is... Uh, that's premium membership. That's premium. You got to pay for that. Yeah, you have subscriptions to that. <laughs> oh, you've hit the paywall. <laughs> so Aaron not with us this week, but Ryan, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. And, you know, let's kind of just shift it backwards to start with that Atlanta game. And we'll continue to work our way to where the Pistons currently sit today. Um, when we did the pod last week. We looked at those three games. We all agreed that the Pistons needed to win that Atlanta game. Now, I had a sneaky suspicion they were going to go into it, that Atlanta game, and they were going to find a way 
to blow it on the road. They were going to lose a game because that's what you talk about what the Pistons have been for the last 10 years, that up and down roller coaster, the amusement park of Detroit, right? And that's a game that the Pistons in the previous years have gone out and lost. And it has frustrated the hell out of Pistons fans. That's a game you should win versus one of the bottom teams in the league. And they went on the road, they come out flat, they lose the game. That was far from the case last week when they went to Atlanta and took care of business with absolute ease. Just a dominating win for our Pistons, 124-109 last Friday. And you love to see it. You said they needed to win by 15, and they were able to do just that. Exactly 15. Um, that score really isn't indicative of how that game went. It was it was a much bigger it was a much wider stretch there. That was a twenty five point game it really was. most of the way. Um, you know, just the end garbage time buckets and things like that. Um, they did what they needed to do that game. They went and they dominated. And it was something interesting about how that game was played. Blake Griffin at halftime, the team had seventy points or so. It was Blake only had one point or whatever it was one bucket. I can't remember exactly what it was. He was facilitating a different Blake Griffin. He wasn't being overly aggressive shooting. He was working his teammates in, getting them better looks, and the offense was flowing like crazy. Something we've talked about how Blake Griffin can do, be a good facilitator. Mm -hmm. I still believe in my heart of hearts he needs to score those 25 points a game, but seeing Blake be a facilitator, getting the other guys ready to go, was great to see, great to see how well the offense flowed, Brendan. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, you talk about Blake Griffin. This is a guy that's had a real nice start this season, 24.5 points a game. He's shooting the ball well, 36% from three-point land, shooting 46.5% from the field, uh, up there with some of the league best. He's right now 12th in the league um, in scoring per game. So a real nice season so far for the guy that was put, what, in that SI top 100, like in the 30s? 40s. Wasn't what, he in the they, 40s? Been 40s? Wasn't he like 42 or something like that? It maybe, was maybe it was the 30s, I, but maybe, I, it was rough. That's how relevant they are. We have no idea. Mm, they're Just that they kind of None. exist. But no, Blake Griffin is showing what I've been preaching all offseason as he was going to come. And he was going to take over. And he's going to prove he's still an all-star in this league. Mm -hmm. He's going to be a starter for the um, the East if this keeps up. Or however they draft it now. You know, whatever the all-star game does. Uh, he's going to be a starter. He's that good of a player in the East. And he revolutionized his game. So that was good to see that we saw another part of his game. We always knew he could facilitate. He's always been putting up four or five assists. But the way he was doing it, nine assists, nine assists against Atlanta, it was great. He was just spacing the floor for everyone. It looked really good. Yeah. He's also top 10 in the league right now with minutes played per game. He's um, playing a lot of minutes. That's something that scares me. Yes. yes I, fe I feel like as we get on in the season, we're going to see a couple uh, DMP CDs just for rest, like rest reasons. Well, you look at which I'm fine with. You look at a guy we talked about during the preseason, you've got to find a way to keep him healthy. You can't only have Blake for 51 games a year. Him playing right now near 36 minutes a game, that's the rotation crazy. the past couple days. I know against Charlotte, eventually they were getting blown out, and he got kicked out of the game. That was a wild game. We'll discuss that in a little bit. That was insane. Um, but just the way the rotation's been working with Dwayne Casey. Blake's been playing the full 12 minutes in the first quarter, and then about the nine-minute mark in the second quarter, he's going back in. And then he's playing pretty much the whole third quarter, 
And then about the eight-minute, nine-minute mark in the fourth quarter, he's going back in for the rest of the game. That's a lot of minutes on Blake Griffin. Yes, it's it not is. like he's 22 anymore. Right. I'm fine with him playing a lot of time, but I hope it doesn't lead to injury. Mm-hmm. And my guess is this is going to lead to a couple rest games for him down the road. Now, of course, this week they only played one game against Toronto. They've had six of the seven days off. So obviously a lot of rest time, so obviously you can play a lot of minutes. Um, but I feel like that's kind of been his trend, just as the numbers prove. I think that's going to wear off a little bit, and I think you're going to see a couple rest games on the stretch, which is fine by me. Yeah, absolutely. But it's been nice to see Blake be able to put up those numbers, playing a lot of minutes, withstand the durability. You mentioned that Charlotte game. The Pistons lose 113-103. to They come back home, and they fall um, on, what was that, on Sunday. Sunday, And, yep. you know, Aaron made the point last week on the pod that the Pistons always play Charlotte you know, one game they they handle easily, one game they get blown out, and one game they lose, you know, kind of a close one that you're like, why? And I don't know if this was the one where it's like, how do you lose this game or the blowout? Because it was only a 10-point game, but Charlotte had control, especially the whole second half. Oh, most of the game, Charlotte controlled everything. Yeah. It was just a bad look all around for Detroit. We'll stay on Blake Griffin for a minute. He had a rough game. May, honestly, maybe his worst game as a Piston. Nothing was falling for him. He wasn't getting the shots. And it, him and the refs just weren't getting along. It was in his head. Everything he was doing, everything he was putting up, made, like was just a mistake, really. Turnovers, bad shots, two technicals, the flagrant two, just everything. Rough, terrible game that game for him. Not a good look. Nobody played well. Nobody. That was a tough game to watch. It was brutal. And and I'm sitting here watching this game, and it's like there's just no rhythm. There's nobody able to get anything going, and it shows how much the Pistons rely, whether he's facilitating or whether he's scoring, on the production from Blake Griffin. And without his production, this team is thin. Oh, it was rough, Brendan. Like, when he is off, in all aspects, defensively he was off, Scoring, he was off. Facilitating, he was off. Just everything wasn't meshing for him. And you could see how badly it affected this team. Rough. Tough look. Bad game. That's one you got to put in the rearview mirror. Now, you know, obviously it's no secret. Teams will take nights off because it's a long season. Um, And there's some throwaway games in the NBA. That's no secret. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows about that. But that one really didn't look like a throwaway game compared to how heated everyone seemed to be getting about it, especially Blake. Um, that was just a bad, bad performance mm-hmm. all around for the team. Absolutely was. I mean, you look at uh, the Pistons' efforts, and they got 23 points out of Reggie Bullock, which was nice to see. Uh, 19 and 7 and 3 for Reggie Jackson. Uh, Andre Drummond had 23 and 22. Um, but other than but that, don't let the numbers really fool you, though. I it know. was not a great game. Drummond played well. Drummond was fine, and the bench was fine. The bench bailed him out. That's why the game ended up being decently close. Right. And Drummond had a very good game. He did. He played very well against Charlotte. But in general, don't let any of the stats fool you. It was a terrible game. Yes, it was. It was hard to watch. It was a hard, hard watch. When you look at um, the second half, I mean, that fourth quarter was pretty much even. Charlotte ended up winning it by two. uh, But the Pistons were really able to kind of hang in there. They cut it closer in the third quarter. They could just never get over the hump. And – 
you know, Charlotte just had control the whole way through. Oh, the whole way through. It was a game where it'd be close, and then all of a sudden it'd be double digits. And then it'd kind of get close. And, but you never felt like you were in it. Oh, never. You never felt like the Pistons were going to complete that sort of comeback. You just, I just never felt that way watching it. What what a terrible Sunday. I was watching the Lions game, and that was just an absolute disaster mm-hmm. because, of course, it was. So I'm like, you know what? Hopefully the Pistons can help me feel better. Nope. What a disgusting mess. Just a bad Sunday all around. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, made a nice little bounce back Wednesday, though, as the Toronto Raptors suffered their third loss of the year, um, which the Pistons were able to go in and pull off what was really an incredible comeback. Good for Dwayne Casey, man. Some They say it's just a game or a win's a win. No. Did you no. see the excitement this, on his face? This was Talk your junk, Dwayne. Talk your junk, because that was fantastic. He was hyped. The team was hyped for him. Mm-hmm. That was great to see. You, Hopefully that's a moment for this team. Absolutely. This God, I hope that's a moment for this team. Do you know how tough that was probably for Dwayne Casey for the first three quarters? First two and a half quarters, I'd say. Yeah. Where they were just doing nothing. Just a bad game. It started off rough. They were down, what, 17 or so mm-hmm. at half. Um, Dwayne Casey, it had been killing him inside. See, his team just wasn't really producing. The starters looked terrible. The bench had to bring him back. But that flip, that switch flipped so quick in the midway through that third quarter. And they went on that 22-7 to run, and then it just kept compounding and compounding. They turned into a 34-12. Yeah, about a 34-12 run. Blake was doing Blake things. It was great to see. He put up the 30-12 and and what was it, three or four assists or whatever. Three assists. He played 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Like I get, like I said, no – they hadn't played since Sunday, and they don't play again till Monday or whatever. So, of course, he has the four days to rest, mm-hmm. 40 minutes of Blake. And you saw he was really productive, played a very good game. The team in general played well. No, excuse me. And the last quarter and a half played well. Yeah. Let's be clear about that. I mean, you look at a guy like Reggie Bullock. He finished the game with five points. Before that last shot, he had one basket made. He had three points. How many shot attempts? Uh, I'd have to I have just a quick box score here, so I can, okay. I can do some digging for me. Okay. The, you know, overall, you know, a guy like Reggie Bullock, who's expected to be a, more of a volume score, quiet. Andre Drummond only had 11. Um, but it was kind of like a balanced attack. And this is where, hold on, this is where I have to step up. Okay? There is nobody more critical of Stanley Johnson on this podcast than me. Now, Aaron, he's a little over-the-top optimistic, even though I think lately he's been holding him a little more accountable, right? But there's nobody more critical and nobody harder on Stanley Johnson than me. Nobody that's been more willing to move him, move past him, forget about him in the rotation than me. And I will admit that. He played like a man versus Toronto on Wednesday. And I will give him his full props that he deserved because he gave you 22 minutes, he gave you 12 points, and he gave you killer defense down the He stretch. gave you, what, five, six Kawhi turnovers? Mm-hmm. He was in Kawhi's head. Kawhi still sees him in his uh, dreams now. Now, days later, Dude. Stanley's still there. What? He was on him so bad that Kawhi turned the ball over with those five seconds left in the game. A superstar who you would not expect that from. Stanley, all over him like a glove. Like a glove. Beautiful. It was so awesome to see that Stanley. That's the Stanley we've been dying for. 
dying for. Yes. And that's you get these glimpses of how good Stanley could be. He started doing some offensive things. He was hitting these corner threes. Nice dribble drive moves to the bucket. Suffocating defense on Kawhi. Suffocating. This is what we want. This is what we've been hoping for from Stanley. And to see it in action, to see what it looks like at its full potential, is so fantastic. But I don't want to let myself get too built up because I don't want that crash and burn feeling of when it comes back down to earth. Can he be consistent like this? I'm not saying he has to be a world beater every game, but the consistency of being productive and playing good defense, it's something I'm really, really hoping for from him. Because I've said all along, Stanley being the lottery pick and having to come off the bench really isn't acceptable. It's really not. But you know what? That's what he is. Maybe he does. He seems way more comfortable coming off the bench. He gets a feel for the game. He gets to see it. He runs with the twos, and he gets time with the ones. Once he's getting acclimated with the game, and maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he is a very solid six-man in this league. Mm -hmm. The sample size is still small, but he looks way more comfortable. Yes, he does. Way more comfortable, and he's playing a lot better. His defense is better now. Better, even in starting life, don't. His defense has always been solid, but he even looks more confident on defense. His offense is way more confident. He's shooting the ball with way more confidence, driving with more confidence. So I think this move to the bench was the right move for Stanley. And like I said, I've always felt that him being a lottery pick, all the hype around him, not like it was like super hype, but it was like, oh, this kid could be a really good player in the league for him to come off the bench. I'm not thrilled that that's how it's turning out, but you know what? Some guys just have to. Some guys it. have to do it, and if it means you know he's giving you 13, 14 a night off the bench and playing great D, I'm happy with it. I can live with it. That's great for the Pistons. If he's killing it on the second that's awesome. You know, if he can be that type of six man of the year type player, which if that Toronto game is any indication, he absolutely can be. Then that anyway, it turns into a good pick. And it turns into, hey, he's developed. Maybe he's not a starter. Some guys just aren't cut out for being starters. Mm -hmm. But they come in, they get a little feel for the game by watching it. Then they get a little run, and they're in it. And maybe that's just the type of guy Stanley is. Yeah. I'll tell you, there's some guys that are very close to the Pistons organization that know Stanley personally that say, Dwayne Casey's going to be the guy that maybe can get it out of Stanley. Oh, let's let's not undermine that at all. Dwayne Casey's been known to do things like this, to get the best, to develop the young players, to get the best out of them. And we're starting to see that climb up that mountain for Stanley, really putting it together. He's had some really rough games this year, but he's also looked a little more consistent in what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if this team can continue to find ways, and to set themselves up for a big-time return, for Luke Kennard when he's healthy to give you more scoring, whether he's starting or coming off the bench, like that could be huge for this Pistons team. And it's, oh, absolutely. it's so unfortunate for Luke because, you know, I know that I was part of that bandwagon. I think in spurts, we were all part of the bandwagon of pushing for Luke Kennard to start at the two guard for the Pistons and to get him in that starting lineup. And my whole premise has been, well, you don't want him to be Stanley Johnson. You don't want him to be a guy that's either a bust or you don't know what you're going to get out of him, and he's a four- or five-year project. You don't want that. But 
you know, this year kind of looks like that's where Luke will be when he comes back from injuries, kind of lost his spot in the rotation. But you just have to hope if he can come back and establish himself as a bench scorer, maybe take some of the minutes that, you know, a guy like Jose Calderon's getting right now. Likely it's going to chip away at Glenn Robinson's minutes, even though Glenn's not getting a ton because he has been marginally productive when he's on the floor. I think he flows better with the starters than Stanley did. Yeah, he does. I do believe that. He does. Um, but another thing with Luke Kennard is you can't take Lakes and Galloway's minutes away now. He's been productive. Yes, he has. He's been putting some buckets in when the team needs it. He's starting to make his shots. He plays 31 minutes. Before. 31 minutes. He's been productive in place of Reggie Bullock. Whereas we, I thought maybe Reggie Bullock was finally – finding his shot against Charlotte. It wasn't a game for the team, but he was starting to shoot. And I know he hit the game where against Toronto and all that, but in general, he's still struggling from the floor. And who's not? Langston Galloway. Yep. Who was in late in the game outside the shot against Toronto? Langston Galloway and not right. Reggie Bullock. Right. Galloway's playing some good ball right now. And yes. that can't be discredited. You can't discredit him. I'm very much enjoying watching Langston Galloway. It started earlier here in the year. I know we're still early in the season, but the first few games I was like, oh, why is Dwayne Casey doing this? Why are we still sticking it out with Langston? I feel like I just feel like this is not going to really work out. But boy, has he flipped that switch and he started to put buckets in and he's being productive. That's what he was brought to Detroit to do. And that's what yeah, that's exactly what he was brought they, to do. He was do. given that contract to just score points. He was a shooter, right? He helped stretch the floor, be wing shooting production, and and he's done he's done a nice job. He's been, uh, most definitely the surprise of the season, you know, through these first Oh, absolutely. Weeks. Especially considering how Stan would try to get him involved, but he wouldn't give him a ton of run if he struggled at all. Oh, he had a two-bad game, get him done. He's done. He wouldn't see Langston for 12, 13 games. And then, all right, let's try to get him back in. Okay, he had a, two good games. Let's put him in the third. Oh, a bad third game, get him out. So you, you're always like, what are we paying this guy for? Right. He All we thought was, no, he can't play. And now he's getting more consistent run this year under Dwayne Casey. And we're starting to see the benefits of it. Hopefully this keeps up. Hopefully he has found his rhythm. That's a great bench piece to have. Absolutely it is. So I think this year going back to circling back to Luke Kennard, maybe this year Luke Kennard, it doesn't really work out for him in the fact that he's playing a ton of minutes. Like you said, maybe he gets those Jose Calderon minutes. Um, but I don't think Dwayne Casey's going to give up on Reggie Bullock this year. I think he's going to play him out. Um, and Langston, as long as Langston's doing Langston, he's going to keep those minutes. Yes, he is. Um, so I think Luke's op- real opportunity will be next year to start, not to be a contributor off the bench. Because if Reggie – it's a long, long season. And Reggie Bolt came on last year in December. He had a slower start of the year and then came on as the second-best shooter in the league. He finished – that's how good of a shooter he was from December on. He finished as the second-best shooter in the league. Dude can shoot. But if that doesn't turn on at some point in the season, that's when Luke will have his opportunity. Absolutely. And he will have the opportunity to crack the starting line. So I got to tell you, with Reggie Bullock hitting that shot in Toronto, that's going to hit – that's going to be close to the – Oh, that will all – Dwayne Casey will love time. Reggie Bullock for that forever. That's why I'm saying. Reggie Bullock is going to get – he's going to ride Reggie out all year. So I hope he can turn it on. I really – that that second best shooter, that best shooter in the league mentality, that Reggie – Reggie couldn't miss last year, and now we can't make anything. Hopefully that switch flips, and we get the consistency, and we get the shooting because we know, like you said, that is in Dwayne Casey's heart. Dude. Dwayne Casey loves him forever. Absolutely. I think Dwayne Casey's going to make 
Reggie Bullock, the godfather of his children now. Whoever the godfather's, sorry, see ya. Yeah, it's Reggie out. Bullock now. Yeah. Can you do that? I don't care. I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> right? Who, who cares at this point? It's happening. Dwayne Casey has young kids. Can you believe that? Dwayne Casey's like 64. Wow. He's got kids. Yeah. Him and Kyle Lowry, they were talking to Kyle, Kyle Lowry about like his relationship with Dwayne Casey. And Lowry's like, yeah, you know, I had my way of doing things. He had his way of doing things. And eventually we came together. But we're also so close because we have kids who are the same age. Lowry's kids are kind of young. Dwayne Casey's like 64. Yeah. Like 61. 61. Excuse me. 61. But still. So to have young kids at an older age like that, impressive. Good for you, Dwayne. Good for you. To be the NBA coach of the year, young kids. That threw me for a loop. I yeah. wasn't ready for that. So that's, that's an interesting little tidbit I'll about Dwayne you, Casey. Dwayne Casey coaching that game. Just between some of the drops he had on the timeouts. Oh, oh the drops. Oh, he was putting on a clinic. Fantastic. We haven't seen anything in this town and the likes of that since what? Larry Brown? Oh, my God. Clinic. Rollback to the Larry Brown days. Great, great drops. Great plays. I mean, just fantastic. I mean, Stan had his moments, you know, form a wall and all that good stuff. Oh, yes. But – Nothing like this, dude. Those plays were fantastic. I hope we see a lot more of that this year, which we will. I'm sure of it. Fantastic. Kudos to Dwayne. Coached his ass off in that game. He wanted it. He was animate. He was in it. You would have thought this was the NBA Finals, the Eastern Conference Finals, something like that. The dude was in it. He brought out the big guns. Coach of the year right there. That's why he was the coach of the year. And hopefully we can get this build on this throughout the rest of the season. I only could imagine that Dwayne Casey had to walk through the tunnel after that game. And he had to pull, like, the Kirk Cousins when he was in Washington. <laughs> you like that? You oh, like that? Oh, I'm sure he wanted to. I'm sure he wanted to. He, it's like, credit to that guy and the classiness of Dwayne Casey. But, man, I have to think if that were me. And I'm standing in the arena with the team that fired me. Let me go. As they then brought in Kawhi Leonard to go on the road and beat him. Especially after starting rough. I might have to do some extensions with my middle finger. Just like stretch it out a little bit. Just go stretch it. Maybe a little tightness of the grip after drawing up those plays. Just got to stretch it out just a little bit and exercise the middle finger on both hands. Pull the Michael Scott. Take two of these and call me in the morning. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Oh, just give it to him. No, I know. He had to have felt that way. I would have felt that way. That had to have been just a fantastic feeling. Good for him. Good for Coach Casey. An incredible game for the Pistons is they've now won three out of four. They're set up kind of nicely with their schedule looking forward. Um, their next game versus Cleveland on Monday night, the 19th. And at home versus a bad Cleveland team. That's got to be a game you have to take. You have to take that game. And then they're set up with back-to-back games versus the Rockets. And now that the Rockets no longer have Carmelo, the Rockets will be good again. Oh, yeah. Now that Carmelo's gone, I fully expect the Rockets to get it going, to turn it around, to have more flow for Chris Paul and James Harden to do their thing and just be a better team. Mm -hmm. And you know it's going to start against the Pistons. They'll find their footing, and that's going to be incredibly frustrating. Yes, it is. You know, those are actually the only two games that they'll have before we pot again because they do play Houston at home on Friday night, but we should be back on the pod for that the day after Thanksgiving. Um, 
And no Thanksgiving hangover? No, maybe for Aaron. Maybe but for Aaron. we'll be here. I'll we'll tell be you, actually, that, that, that Friday is a busy day. A little Black Friday action? Well, a little Black Friday pod? Black Friday action. And also, basketball team that I coach, I think we got scrimmages that day starting at 8 a.m. on Black Friday. Oh, who decided we, that? We might be potting at Thanksgiving dinner, Ryan. Oh, boy. Around the, around the table, just a little turkey, a little potatoes, a little Pistons talk you know, we with were, the mic in the middle? Uh, you know, we were talking about this. And just like, you know, it, we were talking just about how funny it would be to get, you know, extend the family on the mic there. Right? Mom, and, what do you think about Andre Drummond's production this year? What? Just, just, what I, are you talking about? I'm trying to make this turkey right now. <laughs> you know? Should be a good time. Oh, my goodness. That'll be fantastic. So, um, we'll have you know a nice pod for you next week. And if it doesn't hit Friday, that's to be determined with the holiday. You know, a little shake up in things. But we'll make it happen one way or another. No the boys will be in person next oh, week. Oh, yes. That'll be good. Yes, we'll, it will. So, so we'll be Ryan back and together. I are in person right now. We're always in person. Typically, Aaron's joining us on the phone lines because – no, um, no, typically we're joining Aaron on the phone. That's line. fair. If you want yes. to you're, No, no, you're right. Because people that probably listen go, wow, Aaron's mic sounds so good. Ryan and Brendan, you could tell they're like on the phone. And, you know, this week without Aaron here, it's just us two, one mic not on the phone definitely sounds a lot better. Um, but all three of us will be in person. That's the first time that all three of us will pod together in a minute. In a long time. It's been a while. Because usually there's about 30 miles between us and Aaron. And we're not going those 30 miles to go to him. No, not he's not coming those 30 miles going to us, us either. No, it's not when we do this pod. So it'll be nice to have the boys back in, uh, back together again. It'll be a reunion. It'll, it'll uh, have a little toast. Maybe a little contentious, too. Who knows? Aaron will be rested. We know that much. Aaron will be rested. Aaron's been resting forever. Yes, he has. And uh, maybe, maybe, who knows? Maybe you'll have a Thanksgiving hand. We'll be like, sorry, guys, can't pod. What do you mean? Maybe we got a pod before. We're all within 10 miles of each other. What are you talking about? The Lions Lions suck anyways. We don't got to watch that game on Thanksgiving. Maybe we can can just pod. But I'm a diehard. You know I'll be watching. I know. I set you up for that one. You know I can't quit. I can't quit. (laughs) It's it's a disease, and all of Detroit. If you're a Lions fan, you know it's a disease. Yes, it is that you just can't put down. You know how terrible they are. You know they suck. Um, but you put yourself through it anyway. Absolutely, because you like the pain. Maybe that's why. I don't know, but I can't stop watching. So maybe maybe not a pod on Thanksgiving, but who knows? We could. We'll figure it out. We'll have all day together, pretty much. Seriously. So there'll be time to pod. There'll there'll be plenty of time to do There's everything. Always time to pod. There's always time. So we'll make it happen. So an interesting last few days for the Pistons. They've won three out of four. They're coming in off that Toronto win. They should be able to bounce back Monday night with – or not bounce back, keep it going on Monday night um, with a win over Cleveland. And we'll see what happens in the back-to-back with Houston next week. So we appreciate everybody tuning into this episode of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Of course, Aaron on his rest, but that's okay. We were able to right the ship and keep it going. And you know what to do now, as always. Like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Be nice, by the way. Be nice to us. If you got a you got a comment, be nice about it. It's all good. We're open to listening. But like, rate, review, subscribe. Follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Pay. You can follow me at Media Brendan. 
you probably know Aaron's handle already, but I'll be nice. A. Johnson NBA. I'm only doing that because Stanley played so well Wednesday night. Follow the Pist- Palace of Pistons on Twitter, at Palace of Pistons. Palace Pistons on Instagram. It's the whole bit. Stay tuned with the latest news, updates, uh, score reports, the live tweets, the entire deal. We appreciate you tuning in this week. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And hopefully we're talking to you after a couple more Pistons wins next week here on the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.